This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Three weeks I've been out of the gladiator box with you, Anthony. As the big guy, John Katzmatini's first jumped in when I had the scratchathon underway. <laughs> itchy, itchy, Coco Baca. Did you ever figure out what that was? Is it vitamin B overdose? Or well, something I'm, like I'm going to show you momentarily. Uh, first off, you need to know, and thank you, Kevin Jones, for reminding me. It's what my father taught me a long time ago when we have uh, Arctic temperatures like this. The hawk is talking. He grew up south side of Chicago, 46, in Rockwell, right off Lake Michigan, where it felt like 40 degrees below zero. The jazz musicians like Louis Armstrong would play all the black jazz clubs there right on Lake Michigan and would take them like 30 minutes before their lips could actually play the horn. And the crowd, which was both black and white, would say, Louis, Louis, play the horn. He goes, the hawk is talking. <laughs> I, need, I need to thaw out. So it is cold out there. But there's breaking news here. Do we have the breaking news sounder, please, uh, Ava? Breaking news. Uh, you're not aware of this, Anthony. Uh, the stigmata, that, that red splotch that was on uh, former President Donald Trump's hand has been determined. People thought that it was caused by his golf club grip or herpes. Syphilis, Syphilis right, I thought. Yeah. Right. Turns mm-hmm. out it's uh, blood from a paper cut. Do we have the breaking news here? Yes. Breaking news, WABC. A paper cut, and believe it or not, even though I am not being a Trumper, I believe I am in simpatico. I am going to show you, and you are going to freak out when I show you, what the scratching and itching has done on something here that I had three biopsies yesterday. Let me take this off here. This is, I just want to describe for the audience, he's oh, undoing yeah. his red sateen jacket, right. not satin. I made that right. mistake once. Different different kind of red sateen he's now, jacket. This is now getting a little bit uncomfortable. Holy Lord, say, oh, your cats. No, no, it's That's not my not cats. That's not from the cats? No. That's what it looks like. You know when the cat's a knead on your arm? Yes. Wow. See? So whatever, whatever, what, whatever, I'll describe it for our listeners. It's basically red blotches, but also some scratch marks that are self-administered, right? Because you're trying yes, to get yourself self-administered. Relief. But the splotchy red markings, I have them also, although I'm different than Trump. Uh, it is not stigmata, as you know. Stigmata, uh, I think we can attribute that to um, 
a, a Donald Trump supporter. You may have remember I hated his gut so badly. He was pitching for the Boston Red Sox against the Yankees oh, on the uh, mound. Yeah. Um, Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, yeah. Bleeding from his foot. He had a major cut in his foot. Bled through his athletic Achilles, sock. Like back by his Achilles heel, right? Or something uh, like that. He yeah. beat the Yankees. He broke the, yeah, the yeah. curse of Ruth. Right. So could it be that Trump has stigmata? <laughs> I have stigmata. What do you think, Anthony? What do you think? I think you guys are connected. I mean, you will do anything to appeal to the Republican base now. Like the 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 the, the, the boss man's got, got bloody hands. I actually saw that. The whole thing didn't make any sense to me because he didn't have it just the day before. Like the idea that he has some... You know what it might have been? How, how do we know just the, the, the president didn't just have what sometimes older guys get? They just had a little slip and fall. Well, I wanted to mention that to Rudy. Rudy, as you know, comes into these studios to do a show. He had a red blotch on his hand, but it was so busy I wasn't able to ask. Maybe there's something in the there air. There might be a secret handshake. There might be a secret handshake. You know how you have to uh, you, you expose a little blood and then you, you have a, bl- a blood bond? Well, be Rudy like would that. shake my hand, Michael Baticic, but Trump would not shake my hand, as you know. So You know, they used to say about Trump that he was a germaphobe, but obviously yeah. you can't do that when you're a politician. No, no, when, when uh, you know, I've had a love-hate relationship with him over the years. Believe it or not, this goes years back. We were at the 69th Street Armory in the summer, no air conditioning. Cindy Adams was the hostess. The New York State Conservative Party was giving him an award and me an award simultaneously. I looked at Trump. He was in his tux. I said, Donald, you're not a conservative. And he wasn't back then. And he looked at me and he goes, Curtis, you're not a conservative. (laughs) So he said to me, let's just enjoy the night. It was was a schwitz. There was absolutely no circulation. He gave a speech. I gave a speech. We got awards. We were crowned the New York State Conservatives of the Year. Neither of us had a conservative bone in our body at that moment. Yeah. I mean, my, my only experiences with him is that if you remember, I was in the city council when he was trying to get the approval on the west side of Manhattan to put up what is now West – what is it called over there? Right, right they, by above the M track. Right. Track. It used to have Trump's name all over it. They, they, those Upper West Siders were the Trump first wrote, ones that Trump said they want to get, get rid of that. And so he had to gather up votes to do it. I was a fairly pro-development guy. I didn't know the guy. But he came to me and I, and I, uh, I saw him. And we, we shook hands and whatever it is. It's the first time I had met him. And I said, uh, well, if I can ever be of any help to let me know. He says, where do I get one of those parking permits you guys all have? Like, Because that was the most valuable thing about being a city councilman. <laughs> but I didn't see him again until I ran for mayor. And then I was just collecting real estate guys and he was one of them and i went to visit him a couple of times i want to say two times and um and what i found noteworthy about him is that sitting at his desk he didn't have he didn't have any computer anything going on anywhere around him which i now know is because he doesn't do email he didn't do anything like that and even to the extent that when i asked him for a donation he said, uh, "I don't, I don't, I won't take any of the information now. Give it to my assistant a little bit." Later. He was like someone who did not deal with paperwork at all. But later on, when I was a congressman, I actually did help. I got to have to reach out to my former staff about this. I did help his wife Melania help with an immigration matter that he she was trying to get. Maybe even for a, it was for a wedding or something. I helped them to try to expedite a visa to be able to get one of her relatives in. Um, and and she was very nice, and we we got. I mean, to me, he was just part of the permanent real estate industrial complex well, here see, in New York. You were somewhat friendly with him then. Uh, the guy who was like uh, two scorpions in a brandy glass with him was 
Jerry Nadler. Yeah. They were constantly at each other's From that strokes. same origin story. Correct. From the origin story of that west side of Manhattan Constantly. Project. Yeah. I mean, you would mention Trump's name, then Nadler. He would let's like want to projectile vomit. Likewise with Trump. To this day, you can see there's a visceral dislike that goes back decades. So part of the reason why Donald Trump and I never got along that badly is in my neighborhood in southern Brooklyn is Trump Warbassy Houses. Yeah. Which is middle class. Now, Trump, Fred Trump, he actually, unlike his son, he actually really was a builder. He, he built middle class housing. Now, he had some racist tendencies. Covenants. Covenants. He had some things going on there. And he was not a person without vice. But he was not a Manhattan Macha kind of guy. He was like a left rack type. Yeah, he was yeah. a guy who was actually doing building. So when some when I knew I, so many of my constituents lived in Trump Towers, we didn't think for a moment that would ever be a pejorative. Um, so when I got to know him at first, he was fine. But obviously, when when my problems began, he was also starting to uh, um, starting to ponder a political career. And but notice, notice the difference since. on the Upper West Side over the Amtrak tracks along the West Side Highway. They voted to remove the name from their buildings. In Brighton Beach, where the Russians are now in those Trump Towers, they want Trump put all over the place. Those I, are the biggest Trumpers. I tell you, but, but all around the world, people are taking Trump off their properties because it's just you're, – you're basically saying to half the, you know, half the world or whatever it is, it's not worth the aggravation. That's part of the problem that Trump has right now. He's fighting so hard this case in New York because with the exception of 40 Wall, which is a valuable building – his 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 licensing business has completely dried up. He doesn't have much of a business anymore. Well, I wish I was in his shape with all my bills. And I think, Anthony, you probably wish you were in I his don't know. fiscal shape. But let's talk about the president, Joe Biden, who was with a group of mayors of the United States yesterday. Not Eric, Eric Adams. Adams was there? No. No, uh, was not the, uh, the uh, socialist mayor of Chicago, nor the Denver mayor. Uh, but they were a group of mayors. And he said... Uh, that the border is not secure, the changes are needed, and he's ready to act. So it's really the first time he said anything like that publicly because prior, Mayorkas and his spokespersons have said the border is secure. No, they've said the border's closed. This, the border's a problem. No one has – this is the – Joe Biden, within the first week he was in office, put, put forward a, a border security plan. The first week he was in office. This has been a problem for a while now. Well, if he has, he's been a lousy salesperson for it because uh, you you would assume that there were no problems at the board. I would agree that he hasn't been a great – I agree. And finally, by the way, the world is coming – or world of Democrats is coming around to the way that I've been talking about immigration for a while, which is blaming – putting the blame where it should be placed because now it's clear as day as they're negotiating a compromise to help improve security at the border – it's the House Republicans, the the, the Maliotakis of, of the world who want nothing to do with it. And they're saying out loud, they're saying we don't want to do anything to help Joe Biden. That's why they're not doing no, anything to no, help No, no, they're basically saying that's the priority. Not the Ukraine, not Israel, not Taiwan. It's the border, sealing the border. That must be attended to first and foremost because Schumer and the others uh, put it all together in like an Easter egg basket where all the eggs are the same. What's the difference? Oh, there's a huge difference. Uh, we have to take care of America first. I know, but the only thing holding up the the um, immigration bill is the immigration bill right now. Everything else people agree on. 
So nothing's holding. It's not Ukraine money isn't holding up. Your, it's immigration. But where where are your for you went your guy Johnson who you hung out with here, not, not, not far job from here down at the border. He's walking down to the border. There's time to negotiate. Come back, guys. Sit at the table and work I, out a deal. I seem to remember when it was the time that AOC lived on the border. She was crying, thinking that then President Donald Trump was putting mothers and children in cages. And it turned out that that was also a procedure that was utilized by the Barack Obama administration. She was like Sarah Bernhardt down there. Well, this Everybody is, goes to the border I know, but to this make is, their point. This is why, by the way, you make a good point. You know, it's illegal, a violation of the law to hold a kid for more than 20 days. So that's why so many of them are, are flooding into New York and seeking housing. But we're going to solve this because with adults sitting down and coming up with laws to improve – the the, the, the the system that we have right now. And the Republicans, your party, is the reason it's not happening. It's not us. Biden is at the table. Schumer's at the table. Chris Murphy is at the table. Where have they been? They, they're trying to negotiate. In all this past year, we have seen a massive wave of individuals coming over claiming they're asylum seekers. And we know most of them are not going to pass mustard when they get to federal court. Do you know? The mass majority are not going to pass Do you know? Do you know that Nicole Maliotakis is opposed to putting more people at the border right now? Because that's the Joe Biden plan. She is opposed to tightening up the asylum laws because that's the Joe Biden plan. She is opposed to having more hearing officers so we can turn these people around. That's the facts. They won't want the solution, Curtis. No. They want to, They want the problem. This needs to be dealt with on the Mexican side of the border or whatever country you happen to be seeking asylum With from. what law? Not the United States. Change not putting one foot in. Oh, great. I the agree. The Democrats have never been interested in changing that Hold law. on a second. Right now, mm. as we speak, Chris Murphy and Langford, the Republican from Ohio, are negotiating to try to come up with changes to the asylum laws. Let's see what and they come re- up with. Well, wait a minute. Well, let's see. How about someone, someone responsible like you in the Republican Party, say that you support having more people to process these people when they come across and turn them right no, around? No, I don't want them processed and coming across the border and spending seven years here before they have a federal no, 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 hearing no, no, no. to have, determine their asylum status. How, how about a week? No. How about an hour? No. Well, how, how, how do you want to do it? I'm, I'm no, lost. No, 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 no. You get vetted in your country of origin or on the Mexican we side of the border. We don't have Mexican. We don't have Mexican. Oh, so you want to change the law to do that? Well, hasn't that been what the Republicans were saying? Hasn't that been what Trump the, was doing? You've got to sit down now and negotiate I it. understand that, but I don't and see And by the any, way, is that is is that true for Cuba also? They have to stay in Cuba well, and apply? Cubans are coming through the Mexican border. Let me ask you, do you agree that Cubans who are escaping Castro have to go through the same process and, and apply in Cuba? They should have exactly the same status as Haitians oh, and everyone else. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. Well, well, welcome to the Democratic position. I appreciate no, you no, visiting. No, no, no. That's not the Democratic position. It is. Because- the Democratic position is you show up at the border, you say you're an asylum seeker, we give you a court date that's five or seven years out, and you get lost in the no, population of the United right. States. The asylum laws under Democrat and Republican alike, going back as far as that icon of liberalism, Eisenhower, has been if you are in the United States and you want to ask for asylum, you can do it, and we have a process. Now, under Republicans, they say let's starve that system so it doesn't work anymore, and let's starve all the other legal ways for them to come in. If you, I, I ask you why all the asylum seekers now? We have Ukrainians, right? Wartime refugees. Legitimately, we see the pictures every night on the news. Where are the Ukrainians? I don't see them coming across the border. They have a legitimate right to seek asylum status, right? We support the Ukraine. They're being well, bombed actually, by the Russians. Actually, the Ukrainians were coming through our southern border for a while. 
But what actually, happened? Actually, they were. They suddenly decided they're not coming over? Listen, the, the reason that people are coming in through a southern border— Money. And they want to make money. The reason—right, that's obvious. But the reason that they're coming in the way they are is that all of the lawful entryways that we have to process people, put them in their correct buckets, are, that, are, have, have, are broken and can only be fixed by Congress. So Congress can fix this problem okay. with three-quarters so of all, the population. all Schumer has to do is say, this is our plan. Well, put no. it up there, put it up there and say to the American people, this is our plan. The Republicans won't agree to this. That's right, basically. That's right. But, but they but, haven't, but, they no, haven't but, done no, that. No, but now it's the Republicans doing that. You haven't been listening to the Republicans oh, in the yes, Senate. I've been saying, listening. So saying to their Republicans in the House, guys, I know you want this issue, but we're Americans that are supposed to be solving problems. Here's the problem with, with this thing. The Meliotakis of the world, they are not in Congress to fix problems. They're in Congress to shry about them, as my, as my, my mom would say. The, the, the Stephanikses of the world, the Republicans have no idea how to legislate. So this is a time that oh. you need to legislate. Oh, but the Democrats do. Well, take a, look, take a look at Joe Biden's record. The Democrats. Now, why would Biden suddenly yesterday say for the very first time in over a year, Yes, we have a problem at the border. Yes, yes. As opposed to everything that they've been putting out for public consumption through Mayorkas, we got it in check through his spokespersons, we got it in check because his poll numbers are dropping dramatically on this issue. Wait a minute. What happened to your Republican conspiracy theory that this is a plan that Joe Biden has to make himself popular? It's a terrible no, issue. No, it's, it's an overall plan for Democrats in the future to have more Democratic voters. So he wants it. Of course he wanted it. So, okay, so let me make sure I understand this. He welcomed them. He's got an issue that has him plummeting in the polls, but you think it's a good thing because in 25 years they'll vote. He's plummeting in the polls now because Trump is actually ahead of him in the battleground states. One of the reasons is the border crisis. Right. The border crisis is killing Biden. This whole idea he's doing it on purpose, he's not. But now he's doing the pirouette. So yesterday he tells the mayors... Yes, there is a crisis. Yes, we're going to take action. Now I want to see Schumer. What's the plan, Schumer? What's the plan right the Democrats now, are putting let, forward? Let me, let me catch up our listeners. Right now, the Senate, which is at least in the, Repo- the Republicans have some adults in the Senate, who are negotiating a compromise that's going to be more border security, fixing the asylum program, coming into legal gateways, et cetera, more judges, more security, more fentanyl screening and all that other kind of stuff. But the House of Representatives Republicans, who can still control that House by a couple of votes, they're like – Less don't... each day. Right, less each day. They want – they have said, we want nothing. We want the issue. We are not coming to the table, and the Democrats have to decide. Once again, are they going to bail out Johnson? Well, no, it's because it's like the egg timer. The Democrats have in order Ukraine-Israel-Taiwan border. The Republican House has in order turn the egg timer over – Border first, Israel, then Ukraine, then Taiwan. It's timer schmimer. Right now, right now, immigration, if you want to go immigration first, let's do it now. No, no, but you would have to admit that suddenly immigration has become an issue that is affecting Democrats and they're getting worried. It's been affecting us forever. It's a ter- I've been trying to explain this to our listeners forever. This whole idea that Joe Biden wants this issue. There are more people being arrested at the border than any time under Donald Trump by a lot. There are more people being yeah, turned they back. Get, they get paroled into no, the no, United no, no, States. No, they they don't to, get sent no, back. These are persons that are turned away. I'm talking about turned away. Arrests and turned away. 
more people under Joe Biden than ever before. There are more terrorists being caught at the border than ever before, more fentanyl than ever before. But the problem is it's still a mess because people are trying and trying and trying and but trying to come in But he has not prioritized it. Joe Biden, who has the bully pulpit, if I have has to, not prioritized it. It won't take me long to look it up. I believe it was his first week in office he proposed the package of immigration you, you reforms. You could have fooled me. has mentioned it since. Now, I realize no, it's because- difficult to remember – uh, what that his favorite food is ice cream. He may have forgotten that this was a a series of proposal he made after he was inaugurated, but that has not been his hey, priority. I, I want to tell you something. The Republicans are the reason we don't have immigration reform in this country. It's not Democrats. The, the Republicans. Yeah, that's the way it's always been. By the way, remember remember President Marco Rubio back in the day. Marco Rubio was had the audacity to sit down with Democrats and try to come up with a, a compromise. Right. He was forever vanquished no, from the no, national the stage. The compromise was John McCain and Ted Kennedy, and then President Barack Obama said, no, I'm prioritizing Obamacare. It's not going to be no, the border. that's not that's You had not the happened. majority in the House. You had the majority Ted in the Cruz Senate. Ted Cruz was running against, against Marco Rubio, and Marco Rubio had the audacity to sit down and try to negotiate a deal on immigrants. Just a deal. We didn't have – and by the way, it was a pretty good deal for Republicans. That was back when Republicans believed in immigration. That's probably back when you used to believe in immigration well, wait, before both, you realized – They both love the Cubans. That, uh, now, now, but so then Marco Rubio is accused of being of, – of being for, for – for, uh, um, not asylum. What's the other A word uh, that they use? For uh, amnesty. And ever since then, no Republican would step up. Then in the 2015 came down that escalator, which was uh, Donald Trump, that said, we want nothing to do with immigration. Because the last person who gave amnesty was Ronald Reagan, and then he didn't do anything to secure the borders thereafter. But up next, the race where suddenly this has become the primary issue. I didn't think it would be. He's called Sanctuary Swazi. It's all about his position on ICE. And a poll came out by Emerson, which is pretty liberal poll. It's not yeah, a Democratic pretty good. group. It's not a Republican group. And it's neck and neck. It's Swazi 45, Mazi 42. The third congressional district, special election February 13th to replace the fake phony fraudulent Fugazi George Santos. Up next, left versus right. Yours truly, Curtis Lee and Anthony Weiner. Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Maybe the most infamous congressional district in America is up for grabs. Special election, February 13th. It's going to be called the Santos District for 20 years. It will be. (laughs) But actually, he's playing less and less of a role in the mind of the voters because the the campaign issues are percolating to the surface. Swazi came back to claim the seat that he had sat in for, I believe, six years. And he was a well-known figure, having been county executive. His dad, a very famous judge, uh, he had legacy in Nassau County. Uh, Mazi, not that well-known, but a great narrative. You know, born in Ethiopia, rescued by Israel. And no, and no record 
I mean, she was a uh, she was a county legislator. County legislator. What's her party of registration? Democrat. Okay. Uh, but IDF member, paratrooper, meets her husband at Haifa University. He's a Ukrainian. And they come over. They have a family of seven. And really a, a nice story. I mean, it's a great narrative to start out with. Yeah. Obviously, being a Democrat was a little troubling. But it seems like the issues now have superseded it. Uh, Tom Swazi started out out of the box quickly as the um, future speaker of the House, the minority leader of the Democrats, a very dear friend of his, uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, raised close to $6 million in a pack, a congressional Democratic pack. Dropped that right. They started right out of the box. First day they got commercials. I'm sure both sides did. Did Did both sides? No, no. No. I'm surprising people were a little slow. I brought you some of the lit that I'm receiving here. It's mostly Swazi stuff. Mozzie now is on track, and there are two issues that have come to the forefront. I was not aware of this, that Swazi is pro-congestion pricing, which does not go over very well in the North Shore of Suffolk County, Nassau County, or in Whitestone, which is the district, uh, the congressional district, third congressional district. And then they cherry-picked from his debate against uh, Hoka when he was trying to win the Democratic nomination and replace Cuomo. Uh, he was uh, attacking Hochul from the right, Jumani Williams from the left. They both failed. But in one of the back and forths, he said, I'm very proud of the fact that when I was Nassau County executive, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. So they've been playing that on a loop. And in today's uh, uh, subjects uh, of immigration, of migrants, of asylum seekers, the fact that you're anti-ice out there is not necessarily a plus. Because it was ICE that helped put a put away MS-13, which was causing all kinds of problems. So now you have a poll that's come out, Emerson. Everybody acknowledges they lean left, but they're not a Democratic poll. It's not like a McLaughlin Republican poll. It's 45-42. That's a hell of a lot better than the national GOP could have expected with Mozzie, the new, uh, the new Jack. The negatives for Swazi are higher. 45% don't like him. 32% don't like Manzi. You know, having run races, you're never going to turn your negatives around. you got to go after the other 55% who would consider voting for you. And uh, now they're going to have a debate. At first, uh, the Manzi people didn't necessarily give an answer as to whether they would debate before February 13th. Channel 12, February 8th, 8th 30. And the money is starting to pour in because it is such a close race. There are going to be millions raised on both sides because it's the only race going on in the United States. People are going to see it as a litmus test uh, to potentially what comes up in the presidential election. Yeah. I mean, special elections, Democrats have been winning special elections left and right since 2016. Because whenever voters get a chance, we're much more partisan than we've ever been, right down to a congressional district. These races are partisan. So the thing I would look at... What's the registration advantage? I assume the Democrats have a registration advantage. 45-42 is probably good news for, for – her name is Philippe, right? Yeah. Mozzie Philippe. Probably good news for her because the last thing you want is to be under 50% to be over – have your opponent be over 50% because like you said, people have made up their mind. It's tough to unmake it, so you look for undecideds and try to flip them. Here's the problem with Tom Swazi right now. He has a bunch of unpopular things. One – He's an incumbent. It's bad time for incumbents. There's no one that's that popular right now. I think Chuck Schumer's at like 55% popularity in the state. It's a bad time to be. Second, he has a long-ass record. 
the you know, Mozzie's going to hit him on his stuff he did as Nassau County leader, uh, Nassau executive. She's going to hit him on stuff he did in Congress. He's run for office not just against Hochul, but he ran for office against Cuomo back in the day. So that means he had to try to tack left to try to get vote. So that's going to be fertile. Ground. But when you look at the tabs, they did uh, they did uh, pick the brains of those who responded to the poll. What do you feel about uh, President Joe Biden? Thirty five percent accepted him. Horrible for Hochul, 26 percent. Right. So as you can see, that was an area that leaned blue, that leaned uh, Democrat. The other area, and I have to talk to my fellow Republicans because they don't often listen to me when I talk about the importance of the Asian vote. I was fortunate enough to be the first mayoral Republican candidate to win the Asian vote. So I think I know what I'm doing in that community. Zeldin was able to win the Asian vote first time anyone running for governor as a Republican won the Asian vote. It's 60-20 now, the Asian vote for Swazi. Yeah, it was a tiny crosstab. It was like in the 20s, right? Right, it was a tiny number. Right, but the point being is, if you can get it to the point where it's fifty-fifty, then Mazi has. Well, tell a real me chance. about that district. How Asian is it? It's a growing. Not a lot of Korean homeowners, Chinese homeowners. Well, I tell you what, you always want to do, and this is something that I did when I ran against your former, your your ex-wife, um, Melinda Katz. If you can find a part of the district that everyone assumes is going to be one thing, but you know there's some flexibility there, and the Asian vote has been that. Like people like, oh, they're a minority group. They're Democratic-ish. They voted for Democratic councilmen in the past. But if you can identify a group that is just deceptively ready to switch, I think that's a great. Now, whether it's enough enough people, well, I get. I remember that race you were talking about for Congress. You, Melinda Katz, and Noach Deer. And you won it in the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera. That's where it was basically neck and neck because you were from Brooklyn. She was from Queens. Noak was from Brooklyn. But he pretty much was not not in the final mix. And I remember looking at the vote tallies and you pulled it out in well, the Rockaways. Well, it's because everyone said, oh, Rockaways, Queens, she's Queens. All right. We looked at it and say Rockaway and Sheepshead Bay are basically the same, not Rockaway and, and Forest Hills. But, but as it relates to this race – I, I think that Swazi has the advantage because here's what's going to start to happen. This is going to become a surrogate race for Trump and a surrogate race for choice. And unlike that little mini wave that we had in 2022, maybe crime is – I think crime is receding as an issue. I even think that immigration has peaked kind of as an issue. I think it's starting to be seen as kind of six of one, half dozen another, the pox on everyone house, on everyone's house. Um you say this ice is a comp- I hear you talk about this ice thing that that Cuomo said that he said. I think most people don't even know what ice is. If I, if I had a guess, I guess if if you ask ten people on the street what's ice, they you, wouldn't even know. You keep thinking that it's going to become more and more of an issue as it pushes towards election because he was so virulent, like Cuomo was. Cuomo called him a bunch of thugs. It's a federal law enforcement agency. Right. Started in the aftermath of the attack on nine eleven. To prevent terrorism, to prevent narco terrorists, to prevent sex traffickers, and to call them thugs. And basically for Swazi, although he didn't call them thugs, to say I was proud that I kicked him out of Nassau County, that's not gonna play well. Yeah, I, I guess I get I me. Mean, we'll 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 see. I think look, I think it's true about Nobody you. Nobody thought it would be I close. I think it's though. true about you and I think it's true about the Republicans in Congress. People are overplaying their hands on immigration. But nobody thought it would be this close. The advantage was clearly to Swazi wait right a minute, out of the Wait box. a minute. Hold on. If the mo- $6 million to start. If this is a 55-45 race, it's about what we thought. 
right? It's not fifty-five, forty-five. Basically, forty-five, is. forty-two. No, I understand, but I mean, when when thing, I mean, where, where that means three percent has to flip. You know, it has to break a little bit different. It's basically a ten-point race. If if the Manji people, if uh, Congressman Peter King, the consigliere in this race, can get out her narrative, it's a good narrative. Nobody, you know, I mean, look, you're a Republican. It checks all the boxes. I don't Black, know. Black, Ethiopian, Donald Trump, Donald Israeli, Trump, Joe Biden, Jew, IDF. We're so partisan now. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, I'm Joe Biden. Sorry. That's all anyone hears. I, I understand that. I don't think there's a lot of people that are out there. I'm a Republican. Long Island, it, Long Island I hate to tell you, has become uh, Trump Village. Has become Trump Village. Yeah. You think there are a lot of Democrats out there voting for Trump? I, don't I know. think so. I mean, who didn't in the past? Correct. Yeah, I mean, it could look. You know, you've got places like Staten Island, for example, and 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 Frank will tell you this. It's basically a ten point registration advantage for Democrats. You'd never yeah. know it based on the way yeah, they no, vote. Fifty five, forty five. Yeah. So, so it could be that that's the case out there. I I don't know. Well, now that we have a debate, which is important, February eighth, eight thirty, Channel Twelve. Uh, nobody has really seen Mazi in debate. If she holds her own against Swazi, a, a guy who's debated Scott Stringer. And he's good. He beat Hochul in that right. debate. The point being is if she can hold her own with Swazi, she's got a really good shot at beating him. But, yeah, a debate, Channel 12, for a congressional race. I but mean, remember, you and I are going to watch it. It's the Long Island people who vote. Whitestone yeah. is important, but it's really Nassau. Who's, who's, uh, who's George Santos going to endorse? Uh, he's staying out of it. <laughs> Wisely staying out of it. Up next, oh boy, Adams versus Adams. We're all focused on Eric Adams, but you know this better than anyone, the power of the Speaker of the City Council, who is not related to Eric Adams, Adrian Adams, although they went to the same high school Bayside, couldn't be more opposite on these two bills that have dominated the news coverage. You'll explain it up next. It's left versus right. Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lee. Left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Ah, little Adams fan. I get it. I get it. Eric Adams grew up in Southeast Queens, went to Bayside High School. Adrian Adams, not as well known, no relationship to Eric Adams. City Councilwoman, Southeast Queens, Jamaica, went to Bayside High School. That's all they have in common because they're not getting along. Speaker of the City Council and Eric Adams, there are two bills uh, that the City Council voted in uh, and with a veto-proof majority, at least in the first round. One was uh, the Jumani Williams bill that said police must write in their cell phones their interactions with the general public uh, in more of a way than they've ever done it before. They basically have to say what race it is of the person. Race, gender, a lot of questions, kind of difficult. You know what it's like trying to figure out somebody's gender or somebody's race? It's funny. 
Look, I'm going to be with someone in Corona today. He's running as a Republican, first time in in history. He's part Dominican. He's part Haitian. What are you, right? <laughs> but he looks Puerto Rican. But but the point is, is that you have that Jumani Williams won the first round. Second bill is Jumani Williams, also the public advocate, and that is to eliminate solitary confinement. What used to be called the Bing. So instead of you being thrown in solitary confinement, if you are problematic. You get a timeout for four hours. You're on your own in a cell, and then they release you back to the general population. So if the vote were held uh, today, it seems that they would override uh, Eric Adams' veto. And he did it in a very uh, grand style yesterday. Press conference, all law enforcement, uh, members of the minority community supporting, oh, this would be detrimental to the police. Not as much about corrections. That was sort of an afterthought. But Adrian Adams is digging in. The speaker says, no, we will override the veto. Now, you've been involved in these kind of meetings in city council when you were the city councilman uh, in Brooklyn. What, what's the horse trading that goes on now? What, 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 how, how does one side save face over the other side? Well, starting in the mid the late 1980s, the city council was changed. It was a big reform of our charter that gave the city council a lot more power. It used to be there was an expression, Henry Stern, the former Parks Commissioner, former member of the City Council, it says you don't even bother calling the City Council a rubber stamp because a rubber stamp leaves an impression unlike the City Council. So since then, it's gotten more authority, more power. It gets to divide up the budget. For example, it has power over land use. It's got some clout. But the mayor has still got the juice, right? So there's always a little bit of institutional tension But it's gotten even more so in this case because Eric Adams actively opposed Adrian Adams becoming the speaker. So he lost already to her once. And then second, you've got a city council now that, without exaggeration, is probably the most leftist kind of out of the mainstream or a group that any mayor's ever had to deal with. And then you've got the mayor who postures himself as a law enforcement, law and order guy. All right. So – The city council is almost expected to come up with crazy things, and it's almost expected that the speaker, kind of like speakers have done it, it will be kind of a buffer, like to say, yeah, okay, we're going to try to carry out the will of the council. Can the speaker do what, let's say, Carl Hastie does in the assembly, state assembly, and not allow a bill even to come out for discussion or uh, debate and vote? So over the course of time, with each successive election for a new speaker, remember, they're term limited, each successive speaker election – more and more speakers have neutered their ability to really control the place. It's not dissimilar to what happened in Washington with Kevin McCarthy. In order to get the votes, he had to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have the road to, th- to throw me out. So it's gotten harder and harder to just bottle up a bill forever. But a good speaker with a good relationship with a good mayor sees things coming down the, tra- the tracks miles away, days, months away – and figures out ways to give everyone a little bit of what they want. So Peter Valone, senior with uh, Rudy Giuliani, might and, be a good with, example. And with David Dinkins. And David Dinkins. Peter Valone was – in the case, it was flipped. Right. You had Valone uh, – Valone was more conservative. Yes. And you had Dinkins, and that was the time that, 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 that I served. So fast forward to this. You've got two bills, both of which you can make reasonable arguments for. I happen to think it's not a big deal. These guys enter data on their, on their Palm Pilots, their, 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 their phones – 
that to enter who the race is probably helps because we've been losing lawsuits by people who saying who is stopped for racial reasons. Let's get that data. I don't think that's that big a deal. I have more of a problem as someone who has experience being in prison. I know the benefit to having the hole, to having the, the shoe, to having the bing, having that as a tool to help keep order in the prison. It helps. I know it, it can be used as a crutch and it's deleterious. I get the – but long story short, Adams is facing a problem. Eric Adams is facing a problem. That he's starting to attract opposition from people who are going to run on competence. Mm. That the guy can run the place pretty well. And one of the things that involves is dealing with the crazies in the legislature. And so he's now making a big to-do how he's standing up to the city council. And I'm concerned that it might be just a little bit too little, too late. Um, But I don't mind. I have said this to Eric Adams' people and to him personally. Have fights for things that the the people of New York agree with you on. It, this is a fight that I think that most New Yorkers would agree that if it's too much bookkeeping for cops and the cops think this is going to slow them down, I think it's a fight worth having. I would have a fight over hiring more cops, for example. I would have a fight on having more ability to take people off the streets against their will. These are things that, that New Yorkers believe in. So having those fights I don't think is bad for Eric Adams. This one, I'm not so sure. Well, uh, while this is all transpiring and we'll see if, in fact, he's able to pick off a few council people and convince them to side with him with the veto as opposed to uh, vote to override the veto. We see a blast from the past. Scott Stringer, former controller, uh, has now set up an exploratory committee to run for mayor in 2025. Although I'm assuming if anything happens to Eric Adams along the way where he either leaves and does not run or he can't run because of a federal investigation, that Scott would be ready to jump right in in a special nonpartisan election. He can now start raising money. He's going to go out. He's going to do meet and greets. In this last cycle, he was considered a liberal progressive. He has consistently moved more to the left. Yes. I think his problem, though, Anthony, is because I deal with the Democratic Socialists all the time, is they have moved so far to the left that this Israel situation has really divided the party. Scott cannot side with any of them, uh, the pro-Palestinian demonstrators, because he has been attached to the supportive state of Israel since I think he was a little boy with his mother and his father who were like uh, always campaigning out there. So if he if that becomes a litmus issue, then you got all these progressives who are saying no to Scott Stringer. So where does he go then? Well, let's let here's my take on Scott Stringer. I like him personally. I've always been under the impression he would not make a great mayor because he's a he's a weather vane. That you're right. He has moved and moved and moved to the left because that look, he's an upper west side assemblyman, was it was the he's the borough president, was controller. He was someone that did all these traditional conventional ways to move up and made so many contracts along the way that I don't think that's the kind of guy you want to be mayor. You want someone who's got who's untethered from these interest groups because the interest groups sometimes are the problems. You have to be able to, to, to punch your friends every once in a while. So I, I do think, though, there is a, a, a bit of brilliance to the timing here, right? The Jumani Williams, the other elected officials, are not willing to get out this early. They're not willing to, 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 to jeopardize their own seat. They don't want people running for their own seats. They're not sure they're ready to go yet. They want to wait. Scott Stringer, I don't know what he's even doing, but he can certainly go out there. He can raise the money. Also, if there is going to be a special election because something untoward happens to the mayor, he's now really the only announced guy that's out there. Now, he won't be alone. If I am Eric Adams, here's the thing that keeps me up at night. Scott Stringer gets in the race. Okay, Scott Stringer was in last time. 
someone like Maya Wiley, this Ramos or someone like that who's trying to play, that's what we had last time. Someone like Garcia, who ran last time and came very close, that's like last time. If you recreate the race from 2021, this time he doesn't win by a point and a half. He loses by Correct. three or four points. Correct. And so I would be very worried. And the thing that, 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 that Eric Adams has to ask himself is, do I try to move left and try to preempt Scott and others on my left? Or do I try to move to my right and try to keep the Garcias out and make it harder for a, um, for a Cuomo, make it harder for uh, a Curtis Sliwa and the general? Where do I go? Because he, can't, he can't move left. He, he, I think he, it's hard. I agree. He cannot, I think it's hard. The left is boxed him out. I think, but, but remember, he did not make an appeal to that community. That was not how he got elected. He never, and it's important for, for New Yorkers to remember, one and two in this race were two moderate people that ran on a moderate platforms. Him and Garcia were one and two. So this idea that if there's one or two liberals in the race, super progressives, they're going to win, I don't buy it. I think it. his danger is, what was David Dinkins' danger? Many said that the reason that Rudy Giuliani won the second time, and I, I was campaigning for Rudy first in 88, and then even more so in 92. It was not the turnout from Staten Island because of secession. The guy Molinari no, put helped. on. It helped. But I looked at the analytics. Less black people voted in Queens and in Brooklyn because they were disappointed in Dinkins. They did not vote for Rudy. There was no way. They stayed home. I think you're going to find a lot less African-American support from Eric Adams because they're disappointed. If that, in fact, is true. You are right. In a contested primary, he loses. One of those others does emerge and does get. Now, look, Kathy Garcia had the New York Times uh, endorsement, which is uh, very important. Scott Stringer had the UFT. I don't know if he could get it again. Maya Wiley was on the far left. I think somebody else would take her role now who's more high profile. Eric Adams would have a very tough time winning a Democratic primary. We got to go to a break, but here's the $64,000 question. Are they all running right after Donald Trump got reelected or after Joe Biden got reelected? If Donald Trump gets reelected, there's me so much left anger that anyone who seems why like— you, Why are you looking at me? I, <laughs> I'm just saying. I would, I would, be, I would become <laughs> you the, be the mini-Trump. You'd right? be the bubble gum on the bottom oh of everybody. Oh, God, my God. They would be, be all over me. You would, you would have to change the official color of the, of the Guardian Angels oh to teal. Oh, my God. You're right. The unprecedented turnout. That's why— Cuomo got his biggest turnout when he ran against Molinaro. Nobody knew Molinaro, you know, Dutchess County executive. The turnout was because Donald Trump had just won in 2016, and the Democrats came out and said, you dirty rat, you know what? We're going to come out in unprecedented numbers. So I was the Republican candidate, and Trump had won the presidency. They're all coming for me. All the Democrats, whether they get along or they hate one another, they'll be united in stop Curtis Trump Sliwa. Up next, forget about the future election or who's going to be the mayor. Who's going to be in the gladiator pit next week once John Katzmatidis has returned from his uh, trip to Florida? Uh, wait till you find out what's been happening behind the scenes right here at WABC and Left versus Right. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Ah, the theme song for John Katsimatidis. Three weeks ago, while I was in the midst of my itchy, itchy scratchathon, I got the text that said, stay home, you got to come in for the overnight, 12 midnight to 6. I got it. I'm going in, um, scrapping with Anthony Weiner in the gladiator pit. And the ratings doubled mine when I'm with you. Then he came back his second weekend. I said, well, you know, my itch is better. No. <laughs> no, John said, I'm itching to get in there with Anthony again. Again, the ratings were up. And then he went for a third time, the trifecta, the troika, the trinity. That was uh, last Saturday. The ratings would double mine with yours three times in a row. The guy was killing me in the ratings. He couldn't be in with you this week because he is down in Florida handling a number of press conferences with the police. Uh, he's, also, he's also ducking me, let's face it. No, I don't think so because he has the battle cry whenever he's in the pit with you. Anthony! <laughs> Anthony! I love that. Whenever he's calling you out, whenever he's like he's trying to get your attention, he says that. Now, we don't know what's going to happen next Saturday, obviously. I don't. They're not. How, why are you guys not giving me some chance to prepare? Like, this whole idea of sneaking up on me, I find out at like a quarter of four who's going to be on next. Yeah, but you see, let's face it, Chad Lopez, who is the president of our parent company, Red Apple Media, he always looks at the stream, the ratings. Right. He's he's the analytics guy. And he keeps looking at me and goes, I got to tell you, John's a busy guy, but he's kicking your ass, Curtis. He gets double your numbers versus Anthony Weiner. And as long as he wants to do the show, you know. Yeah, but what? here's something else you guys are not considering. The most popular guys in professional wrestling are the heels. The superstar Billy Grahams. You know, the guys yes, that everyone yes. wants to see get punched in the, in the you-know-whats. Yes. And I think when John comes in and pummels me about the face and ears, that's what people want. Oh, they do. There's I no so. doubt. I hear that in the streets. They say to me, why don't, why don't you act a little bit more like John? <laughs> And go for the guy's jugular. <laughs> you, you're, you're too nice. That's I said, well, true. first off, uh, remember, uh, I mentored Anthony Weiner getting into true. this business this of talk true. radio. So you may be right about that. But they said, no, no, we prefer John Katsimatidis yeah, in the, in the we gladiator No, We both know why you go easy on me on Saturday afternoons. It's because you know that there is at least a 25% chance that I will be the Democratic nominee for mayor and you will be the Republican nominee for mayor and you don't want to give away any of your best stuff. Oh, I pray. I pray for that. Uh, I got to tell you, I would, I would beat you like a rented mule. <laughs> I would beat you like a rented mule. But it's not me you have to beat. You have to beat the man who calls out your name in such a unique way. It has now become part of left versus right. Anthony! Anthony! <laughs> to be continued. We won't know until moments before the broadcast next Saturday whether it's uh, me coming out of the bullpen or it's the starter, John Katsimatidis, who's ready to dust you back from the mound off of the plate. <laughs> oh, man, now you got two two opportunities. You don't know who's going to be in that gladiator pit with you, Anthony. 
But then again, you have to consider that a compliment. I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring it on, Chicky. That you got two guys more than happy to get in the gladiator pit with Anthony Weiner. Left versus right. I'll see you all tonight, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning to the break of dawn. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.